0: This podcast replay is brought to you by Top Gun Indoor Range, where the ladies can find self-defense classes and basic pistol-concealed weapons courses. Available in both English and Spanish classes. Easy to get to just off the turnpike. Go to TopGunIndoorRange.com.
1: Uh, big O, hopefully Ravens fans after after Lamar's uh, year after year, he fails, Tua fails. First time in playoffs and it's over. People are crazy, bro. Brother, if, if Tua would have failed as much as Lamar has for all these years, he won't survive. He just would not survive. They would have killed Tua. I mean, just assassinated. There's no way. There's no way. The, the, the front office, owners, everybody, they, they would have given in to the amount of heat that goes on. You know? It's, it's a weird thing. It's really, really weird. And again, if you listen to me, if you're paying attention, the problem is not Tua at all. Whatsoever. Tua doesn't have – the only thing that I would – I'm personally pissed off with Tua this year. Last year, it was he held on to the ball and got himself injured, and I was tremendously pissed at that because he wouldn't get rid of the football or take care of his body. So I was livid with that shit. Uh this year the turnovers. He forced too much shit that I'm not happy with and that's on him. But everything else is all on McDaniel. McDaniel just doesn't know how to really run an offense. Doesn't really know how to handle the QB. He, you know, he he's a great play designer, but he's really not a great game manager. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mike McDaniel is an absolutely horrible game day coach and a terrible game day manager okay let's let me let me rephrase that shit he's one of the worst i've seen he's just lucky as hell that he's got a lot of talent and it carries him so he can design a couple of plays they can figure it out but his managing of the team is the main reason why they're not as good as they can possibly be he has not maximized what he has put it that way And that's on him. Okay. So I'm pretty consistent about that. And he's the real problem on the Miami Dolphins. Too many of you are, you know, too uh, simplistic. And you just think about the overall numbers and the wins and all that. Bro, this team is talented. They should win a bunch of games. Anybody coaching him should be able to win. You know, he's not a difference maker. He hasn't been a difference maker at all. At all. Whatsoever, He just designs a couple plays and he's got great talent that can overcome his ineptitude. Just like Tua and company overcame the ineptitude of the first two years in those coaches. It's the same shit. It's just that this team is way more talented than the one that was the first two years. So you're supposed to win. I mean, you got to nine wins with Flo. What, you're not going to get to 11 with all the other talent you added? Of course you are. It's not Mike McDaniel. It's not kid ourselves. It's what I told you. When Flo got fired, a bunch of you were, how are you going to fire him? They won six in a row. They fired him because of the beginning of the season they were 1-6, where they lost to all the good teams. So he's just, you know, buttering up the record on the back end with all the bad teams. That's why you got fired, because you weren't a difference maker. And that's where Mike McDaniel has got to get to a point. Too many of you are looking at Tua and his success. His success would happen with anybody that knows a little bit of offense. The problem is Mike McDaniel. That's the major problem for this team right now. He's got to learn how to coach and stop doing stupid things on a consistent basis. That's what has to happen with Mike McDaniel. Stop doing stupid things on a consistent basis. And then maybe your team can actually advance. Then maybe you'll be you'll be ready for a down and you'll know what down it is in Buffalo. You know, maybe against Kansas City, Maybe you won't have all those pre-snap penalties and ruin all your third downs from third and seven and third and eight to third and 12 and third and 13. Maybe you can do that. Maybe you can learn how to stay with the run. Maybe you can learn how to manage your quarterback the right way. We'll see, Mike. We'll see. You got a lot to learn this offseason. For him to go back to school and come back with a graduate's degree before the season starts, near impossible. That's the other thing, the sad part about it. While I'm hoping for it, um, I don't expect it from Mike McDaniel. I don't expect him to learn. I don't expect him to improve. I expect him to continue to do the same stupid shit. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. But unfortunately, that's all he's ever shown me that he doesn't learn. Kind of like Dan Campbell. Like you just had this field goal situation a couple of weeks ago and here you are again Tin Cup doing it again. It's it's the it's the Tin Cup generation in the NFL. Brandon Staley, Dan Campbell, Mike McDaniel, the Tin Cup generation of the NFL. Ain't that a bitch? If you haven't seen Tin Cup, you need to go watch it.
0: This podcast replay is brought to you by Orvieto's Awards and more. For 35 years, providing everything from plaques to laser and UV printing, they do all their engraving and printing in-house for quality control. Call Charles at 305-949-8098 or visit them at Orvieto'sAwards.com. Orvieto's Awards and more, where recognition is rewarding.
1: Big O, is there a major drop-off with Lamar? T- oh, my God, yes. Lamar can't even come close to two of the passer. Dude, Lamar gets away with what he gets away because he is a special, special athlete. That's all. It's a special athlete. He's not a great passer. And to play that position, you must be a great passer. You must be able to read and react quickly. He cannot. He has to see plays develop. He has to wait for a receiver to break for him to throw. There are no anticipatory throws with him. He doesn't have to because when you have Justin Herbert's arm and you have Cam Newton's arm and you have Lamar Jackson's arm, you don't learn anticipatory skills. It's funny. Now, Mahomes has their arm, yet he has anticipatory skills because he has a, the magic of the touch. He knows he has touch, it's different. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow can sling it like those guys after somebody breaks. But Joe Burrow can also throw anticipatory stuff. Herbert doesn't throw any anticipatory stuff. Cam Newton doesn't throw anticipatory stuff. Lamar Jackson doesn't throw anticipatory stuff. Kyler Murray can throw anticipatory stuff, but he has to because he's short. Short players have to learn anticipatory skills because they don't see the whole field because they've got mammoth people in front of them. So they can't they have to see through passing lanes, which is in between the linemen, and they're kind of anticipating where one guy is going and they're disappearing, appearing, disappearing, appearing. You, you, you have no idea what these guys go through in the middle of a game. They're, they're not like the six six guy, six five guy, that they're looking over the line and they can see them doing everything. The shorter quarterback does not. So they have to learn anticipatory skills because practice comes with it. You run the route the same way in practice that you do in a game, the same depth, the same cut, and everything. So the ball's delivered constantly. It's muscle memory. It's really difficult to do. And it takes like total trust in the system, in the in the in the player you're throwing to, and yourself. That's why some of the guys that are supremely gifted with an arm. Don't learn it sometimes. You know, Marino, by the way, had anticipatory skills. Marino could sling it all over the place. And then there were moments where he could throw a floater and lead somebody. And he had that, you know, but there's very few of those kind of guys. And Tua can thread it into a hole, right? He doesn't have a gun, but he'll throw it hard and, and get it in somewhere where he has to after something happens after a break if he has enough time he'll do it but a more he also has the magic of an anticipatory throw which is something that some guys cannot do anyway so Tua to me is superior as a passer in every way possible to Lamar the only thing Lamar has is the the strength in the arm that he can throw it for 100 yards you know that i know he's got an, he's a superb athlete he's one of the most freakish athletes we have ever seen but he's not a great passer uh let's see i, I we'll probably get tagged for this but some of you you know i've mentioned it before uh And some of you have probably never watched it. Um One of those things that I, I think, you know, people at times i have mentioned it, and then eh, you probably didn't bother with it. Um, let's see here. We probably will will get tagged for this. Um run. Here we go. Have a little fun with uh with this now. Take down the uh the billboard, please. Okay. And here we go. Here's Typically Lamar Jackson in a casting competition. Hours. And 1,000 rushing yards here we in we go season. Hit the park, Look, I'm yeah, Lamar. curious to see the strategy that guys go with yes. here in precision passing. Okay, and you can see he one. wants the deep
0: ball and those big points no, early you're inside, on. The farther one. Yeah, he's okay, trying to hit those corner routes two. down to those four-pointers.
1: Typically, deep guys want to start with the one-pointers, get some easy throws out of the way. Right. Not Lamar, though. No, Ooh, coming up no, short on true. those no. bucket tosses. And then he goes okay. for the metronome, let me let that two-target out. metronome. Okay, try the other one. That cable line no, target no, for five good. points. So here he is a half-minute in to his one-minute run yeah, and no, doesn't have a point. either. Okay. But
0: you can tell the confidence that he has because he's going for End those two points. Maybe he's got to adjust the strategy a little bit. Oh. Finally, oh, he, he, he hit breaks one. through with that four-target windmill. But this is looking like a
1: struggle two. for the guy who was the breakout we'll star this year, Lamar Jackson, off the rim of the two-pointer.
0: And not only was he the breakout well, star, he's, he's going to be the presumptive MVP.
1: Named it NFL. Honor a, one again. a tremendous yeah, no, season not by the show, man. Final there toss for to Lamar Jackson. Jackson. It's off the mark again. So not the yeah. start he was hoping for in decision yeah. passing. That was fantastic. Now go watch Marino do it. There's a moving one that's like all the way in the back. It's like, bam,
0: bullseye. Oh man, oh.
1: This is too, funny. too funny. so many things yesterday just brought me back to the fact: that the lack of sticking the run, the tight end. So many
0: things that I
1: it it just reminded me of the dog, you know.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. sir. Uh, Your volume kind of went down after you came back up. I don't know. Oh
1: wait. Okay. There we go. My bad. Okay. So anyway, so um, just crazy, dude. Just crazy. (laughs)
0: oh man this podcast replay is brought to you by ksdt cpa one of south florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms ksdt cpa is a full service firm that also excels in crypto visit them at ksdtcpa.com or call 305-670-3370
1: Let's see. John Rouse is in the house. Oh, if McDaniel hasn't changed in two years knowing his problems, why would we think he will learn and change in year three? Why waste time? Because they have to. They – they, John, you have to use common sense here, my brother. Okay? The front office, this is bad for them. They failed with flow. They do an excellent job with personnel. Trades, drafting, signing free agents – This is the best front office we've ever had since the 70s, okay? I love the front office and personnel, right? But they unfortunately failed with flow. If they fail with this, it's a really bad look, John. So by firing them now and going to get another guy, and then you have to then change – it might change schemes. It might change what you need on your team offensively, defensively, and then that becomes a whole mess. So they have to now, this is a really tough job for the front office. They have to sit down with Mike McDaniel, have a serious conversation with them about what direction they're going in, what they need to do, and they must correct it. Because I don't know if they can afford to fire another coach and survive to hire a third. Not a lot of GMs survive that. And so they have got a lot of pressure themselves that Mike McDaniel has got to figure it out by next year. So they're going to do everything in their power to help McDaniel kind of figure this out. They can't do it. They're they're stuck in a rock and a hard place. The flow thing set them back big time. So now they cannot afford to set themselves back again. So they need to stay on the continuity track and then they need to correct it and they have no choice my friend they have to stay in this in this where they're at right now because common sense tells you they may not survive to be able to hire a third coach even if they're great with personnel so that's kind of where we're at so the 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 talk of change has always been ridiculous that's never going to happen
0: This podcast replay is brought to you by Top Gun Indoor Range, where the ladies can find self-defense classes and basic pistol concealed weapons courses available in both English and Spanish classes. Easy to get to just off the turnpike. Go to TopGunIndoorRange.com.
1: If I was Greer, says Magic Mark, I'd want to see two in someone else's offense before giving him a big contract. How can you do that? You already saw him in somebody else's offense. You saw him with no offense the first two years, and he won more than he lost. Again, the problem is, uh uh Mark, you're you don't really know what the problem is. That's the problem. You think two is the problem, but that's listen, man. Those of you that think two is the problem, 95% of you didn't like two in the first place. You never really believed in Tua, and this is your way of using this as, as your crutch, okay? I'm sure there's a, a couple of you that believed in Tua, and now you're in doubt. I don't think that's a major portion of you. I think that's very few of you, but most of you that are anti-Tua, you were always anti-Tua. So this is just ammunition for you. Again, not here to convince you. I don't give a shit. I can tell you what the problem is. Hey, I told you what the problem is with flow, and you thought it was Tua. So that's where all of you anti-Tua people, you all lost your credibility with me. Every bit of you lost it. Because that was – at least this is a little harder because there's stats behind it, so it kind of freaks you out, and you really – you know, you got to kind of like look through the trees. But with flow, it was so obvious. Those of you picking on Tua, I really don't – I don't trust you anymore. I I wouldn't trust your opinion in football. Let's just be honest. Like I'm being a hundred percent serious. If you thought Tua couldn't play under flow and that chaos, and you couldn't tell that it had nothing to do with the quarterback, I can never trust you again with your football opinion. Uh, let's understand that. And so a lot of you already come from there. OK, and so that's where you kind of lost me already as it is. I, I'm sure there's a few of you that were like two of people. And now maybe you, you know, whatever happened here, you think it's on him again. And I get it. The interceptions kind of make it look that way. You know what I'm saying? But it's not. It's not. It's not even close on him. Some of the interceptions, I will blame it on him. But the shortcomings of this team is all on the coach. Every single ounce of it is on the coach. Every bit of it, dude. And so that's why I feel there's a lot of you, you're not reading this right. That's all. Just like you weren't reading it right under flow. And, boy, you really got – I could give you a break here getting it wrong. Okay? Because there's a lot of funky stats, a lot of numbers, a lot of yards, touchdowns, so it kind of is deceiving. You know what I'm saying? So you can get fooled. There's The smoke and mirrors is really good here right now. Before, those of you picking on Tua, doggy, yeah, I don't trust you at all with your knowledge of football at all. Like it's kind of embarrassing, put it that way.
0: This podcast replay is brought to you by Top Gun Indoor Range, the only indoor public archery range in Dade County. They also have a state-of-the-art gun range with the latest in indoor air quality with 18 lanes up to 25 yards, making them the largest indoor range in Dade County. TopGunIndoorRange.com.
1: Let's see. Uh, Big O, Omar mentioned if Tua is a free agent, not many teams will pick him up and – that's an indictment on tour that we should not get him paid when Lamar went to the open market. Nobody picked him up. Um, listen, I I don't know what Omar said, to be quite honest. I don't know if that's exactly what he said, to be quite honest, because it's hard to take the opinions of you guys. I don't want to play telephone because sometimes you guys don't hear what people actually said. Um, but I'll tell you this, Okay. I have no doubt in my mind that if Tua was available in free agency, he would be picked up and somebody would give him a big contract because there will be intelligent teams that will understand how to play him. But the problem that goes on with some of the media members in town, with some of you fans out there, is that you don't understand the quarterback position. You don't understand what Tua is. And just like Mike McDaniel, you don't know how you should play the quarterback. And just like you shouldn't play Lamar Jackson as a passer, you should play him as a runner. Same thing when Jimmy Johnson takes over, you should not take away audibles from Marino. You should not take away his pass-catching running backs. You should not take away his Pro Bowl wide receiver because you can't replace them. There's no way he can overcome having an advantage when he doesn't have the playbook in order to call. But when he had the playbook right on his sleeve or in his head, he's able to call whatever play and adjust at that moment because he sees the defense. But if you want to put Marino in the same disadvantage that Mike McDaniel puts to a constantly sending in plays late, so you can't adjust the play, you can't adjust the protections. The play is in so late, you just gotta run it, and they may have the right defense in place. Well, that really puts an off. That really puts your quarterback at an advantage. So, you know, this is kind of part of the game, unfortunately. Okay? Part of the game is understanding what your player is. And then, how do we play this guy? Oh, I see. He is Durham Smythe. Let's make him our pass-catching tight end. Uh, Let's not. That's not what he is. But when you do things that you shouldn't do, don't expect a different result expect which you should expect durham Smythe is mediocre durham Smythe is a backup and has no business starting on your team right so you got to play people where they belong and as i've said over and over again we got a mike mcdaniel that can't win challenges that doesn't know how to send in plays on time and he doesn't even know what kind of quarterback he has. He plays he plays Tua like he's Dan Marino or John Elway. And you cannot play Tua like Pat Mahomes or Joe Burrow. The only two guys in the NFL that can play without a running game and just go slinging it all over the place. No. No. And so hopefully our head coach actually understands what kind of football player he's coaching. And then that way he can maximize it and go win a bunch of titles. Okay. But it's up to him to figure it out. Tampa didn't know what to do with Steve Young and then Sam Fran did. That's kind of the way it goes. You know, sometimes you get a player and then you don't know how to maximize that player. And then there goes another coach and says, yeah, no, I we can work with Jared Goff better than you. And that's what the Detroit Lions did over the Rams. It's interesting how that works out, right? You, a player looks completely different when he goes to Seattle in Geno Smith or playing for the Jets. Not that Geno Smith was a great quarterback, but Geno Smith at least Became a better player in that system. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the way it is. The the problem here is that people don't understand the quarterback position or don't understand the player and how to use it. So if you misuse it, the player is going to look bad. But if you know how to use them, then the player ends up looking pretty damn productive for you overall, right? Kendall Lamb looked better here than he ever did in the other seven, eight years anywhere else he was. Hassan Whiteside, while a bum, played his best basketball for Eric Spolstra because Eric looked at what he was and then played him to whatever he could get out of him and got the max out of him, right? Most people wouldn't have been able to resurrect Duncan Robinson's career out of nothing, but the he did. James Johnson bounced around the NBA, came here, played the best basketball of his career, because they at the Heat, they do a really good job of identifying you, who you are, and then we're going to say, okay, this is how we're going to play you, and then you you end up thriving in the Heat, unlike another place, and that's because again, you must understand who you're coaching, and then. Now that you know who you're coaching, now you can coach them up to their strengths and sidestep their weaknesses or whatever you want to call it lack of strength, if you want. So that's really what's going on here. You guys can end up with the stupidity and the bullshit stuff, which I don't know whether Omar was talking about or not. Oh, if he was a free agent or what? He's not a free agent. So you can talk about those stupid hypotheticals and waste your time. But in the end, what's going on is that a shit ton of you don't understand the quarterback position, including people in the media.